back to InfoTrack. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A recent study showed that certain mostly preventable health risks account for a large portion of dollars spent on health care. Joining us is senior author of the study, Joseph Dealman, Ph.D., a health economist and associate professor at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington School of Medicine. Your research found there are five major health risks that can be prevented, but before we get to those risks, let's talk about the costs involved, about how much healthcare spending is needed to deal with these factors. Our study looked at healthcare spending in 2016, and our estimate is that about $730 billion of healthcare spending in 2016 was attributable to what we call modifiable risk factors. And that includes things like you mentioned, like high blood pressure, but includes a wide variety of different risks as well. Well, let's talk about those risks. What was the number one health risk that your study found? Our study really pointed to high body mass index as the risk factor that has the most spending attributed to it. That's essentially obesity or overweight individuals. And the idea is that being obese or overweight leads to a lot of chronic health conditions, which leads to, in many cases, a lot of spending. So our estimate is that about $238 billion of spending in 2016 was attributed to high body mass index. And do you have any idea what the percentage is of Americans who are considered obese? Again, we don't split apart the obese from overweight, but what we do see is that it leads to these kind of major chronic health conditions, things like diabetes or cardiovascular disease, which we know in this country we spend a lot of money on. What's another of the five modifiable or preventable health risks? The second big one that we found was high systolic blood pressure. This is a lot of spending each year. In in 2016, we found it was about $180 billion of spending. Again, high blood pressure leads to a lot of chronic health conditions, especially cardiovascular disease. And we know in the U.S. we spend a lot of money on cardiovascular diseases. You pretty much know if you're obese, but high blood pressure can be kind of a hidden factor for many people. Is that right? Absolutely. We find that a lot of the spending is actually just on the treatment of blood pressure, so essentially people purchasing pharmaceuticals. And so those people, of course, would know the money they're spending is on their high blood pressure or really managing or trying to control their blood pressure. But there's a hidden population that maybe isn't actively managing their high blood pressure, and it may be leading to other health conditions. And essentially, when someone goes to the doctor for a treatment of another health condition that was driven by their blood pressure, it may be a little bit more hidden or a little more removed from what they're actually thinking about. But the point you made about these risk factors being modifiable or things that we could prevent or things that we can really control before they lead to exacerbated spending is really important and highlighted, I think, when it comes to thinking about blood pressure spending. We're talking with Joseph Dealman, who is a health economist and associate professor at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington School of Medicine. So we've talked about obesity as a factor and high blood pressure. What's another one of these major preventable health risks? 
To round out our top five, the big five risk factors that we think of as modifiable and leading to huge amounts of spending is high fasting plasma glucose. So that's the metabolic risk associated essentially with diabetes. And we know that, of course, in this country, there's an enormous amount of spending on diabetes. In fact, spending on diabetes is one of the kind of categories that has increased the most over the last two decades when we think about healthcare spending. Another major one is dietary risks, and this is essentially the risk of having a diet that doesn't have the nutrients that are needed or, in many cases, is rich in things we don't need. And then finally, the third one is tobacco smoke. So essentially smoking leads in 2016, in our estimates, to about $130 billion of healthcare spending in the U.S., Wow. So that's a huge amount of money that we're spending on conditions that are theoretically at least preventable. What's your take on that? I mean, should there be a greater promotion or public awareness of these risks? Yeah, at least one of the exciting components of this research is it starts to add an economic argument to one that I think public health professionals have been making, of course, for many, many years. And that is by healthier living, of course, we can be healthier. What we've added now is that it also saves money and that there's a lot of money that is attributable to these modifiable risks. So it really, in some ways, I think, creates kind of a double whammy of an argument that in investing in health promotion and management and prevention of these risks can lead to healthier living and could be beneficial for the budget as well. So lots of good reasons to be investing in health promotion. And Joseph, it seems like some of these conditions have been reduced through stop smoking programs and such things. So those do seem to work. They just haven't perhaps been implemented to the level that they really could be. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of complicated components into a study like this. And one of them is kind of the time lag of how all this works. We know that tobacco smoke may happen at any point in the lifetime, and the cumulative amount of cigarette smoked, for example, can impact someone well into the years that they may have quit smoking. So there's all kinds of really complicating factors here. We have seen success in driving down tobacco use in this country and many other countries, especially through the use of taxation. And that's, in many ways, a positive success story. And the understanding, although not something we tested in this study, is that the $130 billion would be even higher if smoking rates and tobacco use rates were higher still. So this, in some ways, highlights how much we spend currently on diseases that are attributable to tobacco use, but also also, in some ways, highlights the success that it's not any higher than it could be. Is there anything the average listener can do about this as they're listening to our conversation? Or is this something that really has to come out of government side of things? So I think there's huge amounts that, of course, the government can do, that private insurance companies can do, that employers can do, but also that individuals can do. One of the things that I mentioned most complicated about this is the way that risk exposure compounds over time. 
While that is true, it doesn't take away from the fact that changing behaviors and managing risk factors and preventing risk factor exposure in the first place is probably one of the most beneficial thing that someone can do to maintain their health and to keep their own personal health spending in check. And so that's just hugely important. And that happens, and that's true really throughout the life course. So that is for children, where we don't see a lot of spending that's attributable to risk factors, but also through working age adults and into the retirement age as well. The risk factor exposure really builds over time. And even though most of the spending occurs in the later years of life, I think it takes many years of living healthy to have the largest impact on driving down spending at those later years. Joseph Dealman, Ph.D., health economist and associate professor at the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington School of Medicine, talking about a study of which uh, he was the senior author of uh, major health risks that are preventable, uh, but that cost a tremendous amount in terms of health care spending. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. You're listening to InfoTrack a production of Syndication Networks.